What's up, everyone? We had a great interview with Andrew Nimi. We talked about London and other spots around the world, Indian food and music, the awesome content creation that Andrew does, and what direction I may want to go uh, with my content creation. What being a WPT ambassador entails in his awesome endeavor, the lodge in Austin, Texas, where he teamed up with Doug Polk. Of course, there's always poker stories and strategy here as well. Stay tuned. What do you love about London? I, uh, I love London. I lived in London for about a year and a half and I've been back a bunch of times since then. Uh, definitely one of my favorite parts, one of my favorite cities in the world. Uh, there's just so much. There's like so much of everything. Um, you know, even like even the food, you know, traditionally like, you know, English food gets a super bad rap, but London in particular, there's there's everything. Um, you know, there's, it's definitely known for like a lot of uh, awesome Indian food. That's where I uh, first discovered the uh, the joys of Indian food. Um, I, uh, you know, the tube, it's, uh, it's, you know, usually it might not be the most reliable all the time, but, uh, it's awesome to just be able to hop on the tube and get anywhere in the city. Um, there's really nice parks that are all over the place. Uh, I'm a fan of the pub life for better or worse. Um, so really like for me, it's like, what's not to like. Okay. Well, if you have any suggestions for pubs, <laughs> let me know. I'm more of yeah. the park kind of guy and discovered the parks yeah. when we were locked down in London. Um, now I've really learned to appreciate them, but it took a minute. London's got some pretty sweet parks. I don't really get Indian food um, other than I know it's vegan. Um, it's kind of weird for me, to be honest. I'm uh, not a huge fan. I've been trying to eat vegan. It's not at all the easiest thing to do. I will, uh, I will send you some Indian food and uh, pub recommendations once we're, once we're off. Okay. Got a bit of an interesting story. Uh, you're unique, and I feel like your story stands out among poker players. You've got a telecommunications degree, and then you switch to poker. And uh, what's up with that? How did it happen? Yeah, so I actually uh, went into college as a computer science major. Uh, so I started down that path, trying to attain that degree. Um, I guess I nerded out a little bit on on computers as a kid, um, but you know, like I guess in high school, I, I did I did well until um, I got accepted to the schools that I wanted to get accepted to, which was basically uh, U University of Michigan and Michigan State University. Those uh, those are the two schools growing up in Michigan that. Yeah, you sort of shoot for. And, you know, I was always on the path where you have to do well in school, you have to go to a reasonably good college, and then you get a good job, and then you live happily ever after. Um, and so I was, you know, sort of doing that until I got accepted to college. And then I just sort of like lost interest in, uh, I guess, studying for school and classes. And um, that sort of makes it tough for computer science because. You, uh, you, you have to pass calculus and calculus two and calculus three. And it's really tough if you uh, aren't, you know, bearing down and getting a tutor and uh, being all there. So, I, yeah, I just had to like had to switch it up. I switched into telecommunications, which is like a softer version of technology. I would say it's less hardcore. You learn a little bit about a lot of different things in in telecommunications. Um, you mentioned cell phones. That's one of them you learn about 
it's basically learning about the transfer of information across all media. So that could be, uh, of course, the internet, it could be radio, television. Um, there's also like a little bit of video production in there, which uh, would sort of manifest for me later on in my career. But um, yeah, I guess like with, with telecommunications, like I said, you learned a little bit about a lot of different things that I didn't really know what I wanted to do specifically. Um, so I did, a, um, I did an internship at the end of my college path with a music promotion company because I had played you know, in a band with my friends in high school. We were never that great, but it was always really fun. And uh, we sort of like kept a little bit of an eye on the music industry and I played the drums. Um, so I was like, I don't know what the fuck I want to do leaving college. Let me try get this. Let me try an internship with a music promotion company. It's something in the music industry. Um, and that was pretty dope. Now, I loved that. I went down the music uh, industry route for a handful of years. I started in London and then went back to Los Angeles. And uh, one thing leads to another. You know, of course, we're fast forwarding through a handful of years here, but, you know, ended up uh, enjoying my job in London and not really digging the, the jobs that I had uh, as much in LA for, uh, for one reason or another. It just didn't really feel like it had the same vibe. It was a small company in London and it was a really cool company. The guys that ran it were awesome. And I just uh, didn't find a job that I enjoyed as much as that one when I was in LA. And then around that same time, poker industry is just blasting off. This is around like 2007, 2008. And I just sort of like kind of fell into it. I, uh, I played as, you know, we all started as a recreational player. Um, started taking it a little more seriously, a little more seriously. And before you know it, I'm taking it very seriously-ish for, you know, for that time period. And uh, fell out of the music and into the poker thing. And here we are all these years later. It's an interesting twist that you went into the music industry. And... Uh, that sounds like that would be related to the kind of content that you're making now. I'm also a bit curious how the telecommunications degree benefited you, um, or if it did at all. Yeah. So, yeah, so I had like maybe like a couple of weeks of like video production instruction in telecommunications um, in, that, in that course at Michigan State. Um, but the interesting thing is that like, the functions of video editing software, there's, there's, you know, they've developed, they've been, you know, I'm sure there's like, they're a lot more powerful now. There's a lot more features and stuff. Um, but the basics of it haven't really changed that much. You have, you have your timeline where you drop your video clips on the timeline, you rearrange them, you cut them, you trim them, you drop a music track uh, on top of it sometimes. Maybe you do a voiceover other times and you arrange it and, you know, depending on what you're making, maybe there's a, there's a little or a lot of artwork that goes into that. And that same functionality is still pretty much there when it comes to the, the software, the video editing software. Um, and I guess I always just sort of like paid attention, um, whether it's like I'm watching a movie or you know a TV show or, or other YouTubers, just sort of like pay attention to different details and what people are up to and what makes for like a good production you know like what makes a good video or a good movie or like what's interesting in the uh the cinematography or stuff like that so i don't know yeah that stuff just uh, spoke to me a little bit and i guess with like the seed of the uh the two weeks or whatever of instruction that i had uh, at college um you know i never would have predicted that i'd be making poker vlogs you know later on in life but but yeah here we are it's kind of funny i've had moments like that 
there were some things later on in life that I basically had no interest in that I did during childhood. I mean, I had no interest during childhood. And it seems like now uh, it makes more sense for me to revisit them. Uh, it, it seems to have worked out anyway. Like what? Actually, there is uh, some spiritual side, but I did have, in have interest in that. Another one is martial arts mm. and in uh, music. Actually, I did music for five years. When you say you played the drums, I was thinking maybe I'll take some drum lessons. Uh, yeah, and like in fifth, in fifth grade, you know, in fifth grade, they, uh, they tell you to just pick an instrument. Um, and so I had a couple of cousins who had a drum set and they, were, they played the drums. And to me, that was like the coolest one that you could pick. You know, some, you, you could pick like clarinet, you could pick trumpet. I don't know what else, violin. And to me, it's like, oh, I wanna, I'll, I'll play drums. I'll be a drummer. And so... Fifth, from fifth grade all the way through high school, I was uh, playing uh, in percussion in like band and orchestra and stuff. And then, uh, yeah, I played with my friends uh, in our shitty little band too. Let's get back to the topic of you and your life. You mentioned that you're always paying attention to what makes a good piece of content. How does that apply to poker? Because you have over 180,000 subscribers. I've seen some of your reviews. You, you definitely seem to know what you're doing. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 a little bit tough for me to explain because, um, you know, there was no beyond that couple of weeks was, you know, very close to nothing. Um, there was no real like formal instruction that I went through when it came to video production. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess yeah, I guess I generally have paid a little bit more attention. And, and something that's always like maybe sparked me a little bit is that, you know, say I'll be watching a movie and someone uh, you know, there's like a, there's a scene in the movie where there's just this really cool camera angle or like this series of camera angles and just the way that they film a scene just resonates with me. And, you know, I don't know if that sort of thing like, uh, is even noticeable to the vast majority of people that are watching something, you know, so like Breaking Bad, I thought that show was amazing with like what they did with, um, you know, cinematography and just like how they presented different scenes and camera angles themselves. Um, uh, yeah. And there's like, there's different movies where I'll just be like, oh, that was really clever the way that they did that. And I guess like, yeah, I, at the time when I started making poker vlogs, when I started my YouTube channel, um, a lot of the, uh, a lot of the media that was being produced was around the high stakes poker scene. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so the, the, the best stuff on the best stuff that that I enjoyed the most, and I think a lot of people enjoyed, was you know, high stakes poker. Um, you know the WSOP episodes on ESPN. Uh, there was a show called The Big Game. I don't know if you're ever on that one, but uh, it was a Poker Stars thing. Um, and then you know, so all these things are like they're super nosebleed uh, stakes that basically, you know, they're they're fun to watch. They're great to watch, but uh, basically nobody is going to be able to you know play these stakes. Uh, it's a dream to play in the WSOP main event. Um, but like the vast majority of stakes that people are playing are either, you know, like one, two games or two, five games or just like friendly home games and stuff with uh, their friends and family. Um, so I thought that like, you know, th these are the things that when I'm either watching. Yeah. Like when I'm watching a movie or a show, these are the sorts of things that I like about those productions. And maybe I can like bring that, you know, that attention to the the stakes that i'm grinding and uh just insert some some las vegas scenery along the way and try and uh try and produce a little uh you know 
video or two uh, on my channel. Just thoughtfulness, you know? So a lot of times when someone's uh, making a vlog for YouTube or about their day, they're holding the camera the entire time um, and they're going through their day and they might be genuine and that's cool, but it's like for the, for the viewer, it gets a little bit exhausting. You know, when the person is holding the camera the entire time, it, it's, it's gonna be shaky a lot of the time. And if that's like the entire video, it gets like a little bit exhausting. <laughs> you know, you need to just like do these little things like set the camera down here and talk into it for, you know, like 15 seconds or something and then change up the angle, like put it over there. You know, you can continue the, the, the conversation very smoothly, keep the conversation going like in a somewhat rapid manner, but still keep it understandable for the viewer, you know, like change up the angle from time to time, but not like in your hand the whole time, you know? Um, so like shot selection is a phrase that is essentially, uh, encapsulates all that stuff, you know? So just like be a little bit thoughtful about like capturing the scene, uh, the viewer's experience, um, and just like little things like that. I feel like they go a long way. And then all the music stuff that's sort of manifested as well. Um, so I tend to like try and be pretty thoughtful about the music selections that go into the, uh, the videos and that they match the mood that, uh, is, you know, trying to be set. So like if I'm, if I have a winning session, you know, then we want like some, a little bit hyped up music. Or if it's, if I have a losing session, maybe the music can be a little bit more melancholy and, and stuff like that. The downside to YouTube is that, you know, you can't use copyrighted stuff if you want to monetize your channel. I don't know if you care about that, but uh, if you want to monetize the channel, you have to use stuff that's, um, you know, indie and not copyrighted. You have to find artists that uh, will let you use it if you just give them a link in your video description. Um, so I'll spend like, sometimes I'll spend like an hour just like trying to find the music track where it's like not copyrighted and fits the mood and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I guess I was just like trying to be thoughtful about all these different things and, and package it all together. Sounds like you've been thoughtful in the sense of what's it like to be the viewer and what the viewer might like as well. Yeah, it's you, like you bring up, it's a great point because you're always like, for me, I'm always trying to like find this balance between because I, I, I guess like I personally find more interest in like, um, you know, the artsy side of things like that, uh, like the in these videos, um, which is a lot more subjective and it makes it tough in a poker vlog because like you said, most people, they want to see the action. They want to see who gets whacked. They want to see how much you won or lost, who won or lost what amount. And uh Let's see that over and over again. And they just never get tired of it. It's wild. Like they never get tired of poker hands themselves because you have to remember that like a lot of people that are the vast majority of people that are watching poker vlogs, uh, they don't get nearly as much time at the poker table as, as you or I do, you know? So they're, they're working more traditional jobs. Um, they're poker fans. Uh, they sort of view this poker life as, you know, some sort of like dream or fantasy which they may or may not want to actually live, but they can live that through the content creator and they don't have to risk any money uh, while they you know, are checking out this, this story and uh, watching this poker session. Um, so, but they want to you know, like, feel like they're there at the table. They want to see the collisions. It's, it's exciting and it's fun. And then they want to see like, you know, the results, the aftermath. Um, <laughs> so it's tough. It's, and like, that's the stuff that most people want to watch. Uh, the more artistic stuff gets skipped by some percentage of people and then uh, you get a little bit punished on youtube by the youtube algorithm when people are skipping a section of your video so uh so i try it's like a tough balance for me personally because 
you know, I like flying the drone. I like finding the music tracks. I like, uh, you know, doing all these like time lapses and different things, but you also have to like feed the YouTube engine, um, and the, and the majority of the, uh, the poker vlog audience. Um, and you have to uh, like walk that path, but yeah, poker itself sort of provides a, a little story, you know, uh, each hand is a story. Each session is a story. Um, so you know, that's, that's good in a sense, because it's an easy poker is like an easy way to naturally, uh, do storytelling. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's something that can appeal to everyone. Even your life progression is a story. You can make all sorts of stories from it. I presume you've done this quite a bit and that seems like a solid formula. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that that is a solid formula. That's it's funny because it's it's there's sort of like this this uh, this format, this poker vlog format now, where it's like give a quick intro, where you're at, what are you playing today. That's probably that might even be it. Let's let's dive into this session. Let's dive into the hands. Let's take a look, and then it's like the uh, the creator will walk the audience through like ten different poker hands or whatever, and then the quick outro. This is this is what happened. This is how much I lost. This is how much I won. I'll be here for the next couple of days or I'm going out to here next, you know, stay tuned. And that's like, that's the solved formula and people, people love it because, you know, like I said, it feeds the, uh, uh, the poke, you, people get their poker fix that way. So, you know, for better or worse. Okay. I might have to do some of that. I'm figuring out what to do. I want to do my podcast stuff and I'm discovering that a lot of the stuff on the podcast that I talk about isn't exactly for everyone. It's hard for most people to appreciate all the angles and the work that goes into how you tell a story. Maybe I should do some more mainstream stuff in combination with my passions. Um, yeah, I mean, like the uh, as far as like content creation goes, it's like when you're making mainstream stuff, you're uh, you're competing with the entire world, right? Um, so I mean, it depends like what you personally want to get out of it. If you're, I, we all. We all want to do something that uh, both feeds the soul and, of course, like gets traction and generates numbers. Um, when you do, when you do mainstream stuff out there in the world, you're competing with the entire world that's also doing you know real life stuff, and uh, that's tough. It's you know it's tough to like uh, produce something that's more mainstream um, and compete in that in that arena um, because you sort of have you still have to make it like there has to be like something there has to be like some sort of either shock value or um, like you know super unique stories um, you know, that dive into a world that hasn't really been explored to some degree. Um, you know, stuff like that. And I'm sure it's possible. And I'm sure that you through your life, you're of course living a very, uh, I would say a very unique and interesting life. Um, and I think like sharing stories from that life and trying to merge the, uh, the poker stuff with the real life stuff. I think people would, I, I, I think people would be into it. I know I would be into it. Um, you just never know. You just have to try. You could draw a lot of analogies between poker and life. Uh, some are quite subtle, but you, you can. Um, an example would be the whole idea of karma, for example, is very different. Is very much relevant. Um, it's very similar to the idea of range in poker, if that makes sense. I mean, that's how spirituality works. But how many people are going to say, let's go watch Jungle's channel to learn about spirituality? I mean, I think, you know, if you're trying to like, if you're setting out to like change a bunch of people's lives, I think you have a tough task ahead of you. But I think if you set out to explain how you view the world and you do that like from a genuine manner and you do it in a clear manner and, and you know, like a, 
in an interesting manner, like we were talking about before, like with all the, you know, the video production nuances and things like that. I think, I think there's, I think there's some, I feel like there's something there, you know, I, whether or not people actually, um, start to view poker and karma in their own way or, or like in your way, uh, in their lives, I, who knows who's to say it's like impossible to say, but you know, if you start talking about that stuff and you, you know, you're not just like talking total bullshit out your ass to try and generate views. Like these are things that you actually believe and that you've thought a lot about and you sort of convey these ideas and you, how you incorporate them in your life. I think, uh, I think people would probably tune in to, uh, to see. Okay. I sense a little bit of hesitation there, but it sounds like basically you want to use good storytelling with how you view things in a way that gets people interested. It. Let me ask you, let me ask you this. Do you, do you think of yourself as like one of the more interesting people in poker? It depends on what your definition of interesting is. Well, well, first of all, I had a little bit of first mover advantage because like I said, a lot of the poker media at the time was focused on other things, you know, and this was a, this was a new format that I, that we, that I sort of dug into and discovered and it got traction. And I had tried a couple of different things before this, by the way, like I had, I was posting on Instagram. I tried this like daily challenge where I'd post a video every day on Instagram and that got a little bit of traction. Um, but it's not like it became anything, um, you know, sort of like a stepping stone into the next creative idea that I had. I had tried podcasting before that. Um, I had a couple of different podcasts, one, one or two with like a couple of buddies of mine. Um, you know, and that got a little bit of audience to it, but it's not like it was ever going to become the main, you know, endeavor for me. And then I tried the next thing and, uh, the next thing was like, yeah, this, uh, this, this vlog idea that I had. Um, but yeah, like the reason I asked that, do you think you're one of the more interesting people is, I mean, I definitely do. And I think, I think almost everybody in the poker would say that, that they would consider you to be one of the more interesting people. And it's just a matter of like, sort of, you know, encapsulating what's going on, um, from your point of view, what do you think about this? How do you, how do you think about poker and whether you can package that into something that people can tune into and, uh, and, 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 and do it repeatedly, you know, and whether you have the interest in packaging that on an ongoing basis, because in, um, in content, you know, like consistency is, is a very big thing. You know, you just have to like, got to keep, keep showing up, keep recording, keep uploading. Um, but you know, if you look at, if you look at Negreanu, you know, he, he's, he wasn't the, you know, one of the first guys to uh, fire up a poker blog, but you know, he's got, He's got Phil Ivey in his uh, episodes, just about every episode. Um, he's playing, you know, the highest stakes stuff, and he brings his he brings his he brings his personality to it, which we all are very much aware of. Um, and so it's like, yeah, and so it's like he brings these things. I don't think I have the biggest personality by you know by any stretch. I think I let my my video production do a lot of the uh, you know filling in where I'm more introverted. And I let the video. Um, you know, speak for me a lot of the time and the poker speak for me, but, uh, you know, Daniel brings his personality and his unique, uh, path in poker, um, and people tune in. Yeah. I'm thinking to figure out, uh, I'm thinking to, of trying to figure out exactly what I want to do. Actually, you've done a couple more, a couple of things that I've tried. I've tried the YouTube videos, but you do more stories. For, for content, it's always interesting to see the paths that actually work. 
A bit more complicated than I thought. But yeah, I'll take some insight into consider. I'll take your insight into consideration because I think there's something workable there. I want to find out a little bit more about you. First of all, you're a blue collar ambassador. What does that mean? I'm guessing that uh, I'm guessing that that was a description about you know the poker vlogging itself because, like I said. Uh, you know, a lot of the time the, uh, the poker video is focused on super high stakes and nosebleed stuff. Um, whereas in my videos, I was playing 510 at the Bellagio um, for a living before I started making the, uh, the vids. I was, I was a grinder, you know, live, live poker grinder. And uh, so in, in vlog number one, I was like, all right, so I play 510, but for the videos, let's start all the way at 1-2. Let's start at the, uh, the very lowest stakes and let's have some progression in these videos and if I win this session, I'll move up to one three. If I win that session, I'll move up to two five. If I lose that session, I'll move back down to one three. Um, so just like try and encapsulate the uh, the full Las Vegas live poker, uh, you know, uh, landscape, I guess. Um, and I'm sure that that blurb, or I'm guessing that that blurb is in reference to, you know, capturing the uh, the everyday stakes, the everyday poker games that uh, you know no one is really making content about, but like doing it in a in this high quality manner. That uh, you know, there's been there's been like so many nights where I would be ed editing these uh, these poker videos, these poker vlogs. These nights turn into mornings, and I'm there on the couch at like ten in the morning because I just want to bang out the entire edit in one go um, because I care about the way that the video looks. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that the, uh, the one, two game that I was playing was captured in a uh, very high quality manner. I think that's exciting. I don't know if I can do that or not, but I guess I could do some. The obvious thing is I should just do high stakes, but it's usually game mixed games that people don't understand or usually people don't understand mixed games. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, it's, it could be a little tough because, uh, you know, that this is one of the uh, the hurdles of, of poker vlog, poker vlogging in general is that if you're not playing like on a live stream show or something, um, a lot of the high stakes stuff are private games nowadays. And how much vlogging can you do at a private game? But uh, if you tell them that like you know you're 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 there to be respectful about it, you're capturing your hands and you're capturing the action, and you're not like sticking the camera in people's faces and or even revealing who they are at all. Um, you could probably get away with it, and I think that would be the that would be the way. It would be an interesting way to tell people how I play. I want to develop a few ideas to make things more fun. One thing I want to do, and there's a lot of demand for this, I get people all the time who say they want a poker lesson or something. It it seems clear that I should try to put some content like that out there. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think, um, you know, you don't need to necessarily just do one thing, but uh, you definitely want to do the thing that um, will, uh, I guess, like interest you and spark you the most because, you know, a lot of this stuff, it's very energy intensive, right? And you're going to, um, you don't want to get burnt out doing something that, you know, maybe you think would be interesting to people, but you also don't really enjoy it that much um, because if that's the case, then you'll you'll burn out much faster than than otherwise, so... You know, you seem like you probably have like a lot of different interests out there in the world. So maybe uh, just, you know, trying all these different things, but doing them occasionally is, is your path. But tough for me to tough for me to say. I know a lot of of course, a lot of people want access to the uh, the mind of the jungle uh, when it comes to poker. So I don't think you'd have any trouble, um, you know, finding people who are, you know, interested in uh, in 
in it in that regard. How's the experience with the Lodge Club in Austin? Yeah, yeah, it's been great. So like at the at the start of this year, this has been like such an eventful year um, for for a couple of reasons. A, the uh, WPT stuff as mentioned, but also B, at the start of this year, uh, we officially became co-owners with the Lodge Card Club down in Austin, Texas, as you mentioned. Um, and so, you know, we were, we were on this uh, sort of meetup game trail, uh, myself and my buddy Brad. And, you know, we were shooting all over the country and, and as mentioned, some international as well. And, you know, we'd always thought, you know, this is, this is awesome. Um, but one thing about it is that we're, we're promoting all these, uh, these companies, casinos and card rooms and stuff. And we don't really have any, uh, we don't have any equity in that. And we don't have any say in, you know, how the, uh, the environment, you know, we can give suggestions on the, the event itself and on the day itself. But what if we had our own space where all that promotional work just sort of pointed inward towards the thing? Um, and the you know, we had been, we had been to Texas, we'd been to some card rooms in Texas. Um, they were, you know, of course, um, amongst the first to be extremely welcoming because again, we're just like a couple of guys with cameras coming onto the, uh, the casino floor and saying, yeah, we're going to film all the action and then we're going to upload it to YouTube. And so that was like kind of a tough sell to, um, you know, casino companies a lot of the time, but the card rooms in Texas, they're independent and there's no gaming board in Texas. And so it just made a lot of sense to go there a bunch and, uh, and host these events and create content from those rooms. Um, and so, you know, it's a little tough to, uh, say, okay, um, it would be great if we had our own space, that's kind of a big leap into let's make our own space and start a, uh, a poker room or a card room because we don't have any operational experience. We also don't live in Texas. Um, and it's, you know, there's just a bunch of hurdles there. Uh, fast forward a little bit to when Doug had moved down to Austin from Las Vegas and he had discovered these, uh, these rooms as well. Um, through just a random occurrence. It seemed like he had uh, just kind of stumbled his way into uh, a poker room down there and discovered that there was in fact quite the, uh, the landscape of card rooms. And we had gotten to know each other a little bit through content creation. Um, you know, the, uh, the poker content creation world is uh, probably a pretty small one. Um, and I had done some affiliate stuff for Upswing Poker and gotten to know him that way. And same with Brad. And, uh, you know, of course, we were very well aware of, of each other. And uh, Doug approached us with the idea of maybe we can uh, all link up. Um, we can use this uh, content creation platforms that we have as a way to, um, you know, shine a spotlight on a room. And the original idea was to start our own room. But once, uh, once word got out about that, the, uh, the Lodge, which had been around since 2018, and they had done an amazing job of building up their own brand and their own room. They reached out and said, we have a better idea. Maybe we should partner up on the Lodge, bring you guys in on the, uh, you know, the marketing and promotional side of things, as well as, you know, you guys have also spent so much time in poker rooms themselves. You can definitely uh, chip in uh, with different ideas. They have all the operational and management experience and an awesome team in place. And uh, it just made it just made perfect sense. So. Yeah, so we uh, we agreed on a uh, majority ownership uh, purchase. Okay, that does make a lot of sense. Now you're a businessman. You've got to add that onto your resume. I think it's interesting, and I imagine it would be easier than reinventing the wheel. Just partner with someone who's 
who's been working on the wheel, in this case, the hosting of a poker room and all that, it's almost like serendipity. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a lot of these things, it's not like there was a blueprint uh, when I, uh, you know, when I was either in college or even when I started playing poker. Um, it's not like I was foreseeing any particular path into all these different uh, projects that, are, that I'm a part of now. But um, yeah, it's just like trying to fit, find different ways to, um, to scale this poker thing. Uh, for me personally, you know, it's like, I don't think, I don't think I was ever going to be, you know, one of the most successful, uh, you know, poker players uh, in particular, just, just the way that the game has evolved. It, it doesn't really, I don't think, speak to me uh, as much as it uh, did at one point in my career, like when I was first getting into poker. Um, you know, you, you could flash back to uh, things, you know, like such as like me never getting into the calculus side of uh, uh, of the uh, college career path, the college major. Um, you know, there's there's shades of that when uh, we look at poker nowadays and there's a lot of the uh, the mathematical side is incredibly important and uh, all the solver work and all that stuff doesn't speak to me as much. And then, you know, marry that with the uh, all the, the more artistic side of things that I have applied to my my poker path. Um, so yeah, it just kind of became more apparent that I wasn't just going to be grinding my way up into, um, uh, the, the level of success that I might've once dreamt. Um, so just like, you know, try and pivot a little bit while still working within poker, um, you know, trying to do things that grow the game, but also, um, you know, benefit everyone, including myself. Well, it definitely created a very interesting path for you. Okay. What are your plans for the future? Do you have any content plans or traveling plans coming up? So, yeah, there's uh, there's just so much travel right now between the, the World Poker Tour. It's, it definitely lives up to its name. I mentioned Cambodia and Australia. Um, we're going to going to Europe next next year, um, as well as other continents. I've never been to South America, so I'm kind of hoping that they uh, do something down there. I'm trying to trying to nudge them in that direction. Okay, that sounds exciting. We're running out of time now, but it's been great having you on and great having your insight on all these things and appreciate uh, you sharing your story. For sure, happy to uh, hop on here. Great to chat with you.